uh, explaining the nature of the ministry and also uh, beside giving them motivation and encouragement at the end. So we have full instruction. Before the full instruction, explanation, the nature of the ministry, and after the full instruction, a promise which keep the clergy motivated in their ministry. So, uh, he says, the elders who are among you, I exhort. Uh, the elders in, uh, in the Coptic, ni presbyteros. Ni presbyteros. And if you look at verse 5, uh, in the same chapter, likewise, you younger people submit yourself to your elders. Your elders here, when you look at it, it is hello. Uh, so there are two words for elders, hello'i and presbyteros. As you know, this translation that we have is a Protestant translation. That's why they replaced the word priests with the word elders, because they don't uh, believe in the sacrament of priesthood. So actually, the correct translation in verse 1 should be the priests who are among you. But in verse 5, he is speaking, Chiloui, in Homa, the elders, the senior citizens, those who are uh, older in age. Uh, so it's clear in the Coptic, but not in the English. So is the priests who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder, a fellow priest, and a witness of the suffering of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. So why he mentioned a witness of the suffering of Christ? Because as we read in Sirach chapter 2 verse 1, my son, if you offered yourself to serve the Lord, prepare yourself to many hardships. Also, the Lord Jesus Christ said, who wants to be my disciple, let him carry his cross and follow me. So, ministry means I will carry a cross. Ministry means I will face suffering and hardships. But that is the first part. That's why St. Peter did not say suffering of Christ, period, but he said, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. So, as we partake in the suffering of Christ, we also will partake in the suffering of, uh, sorry, in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we suffer with him, we'll be glorified with him. I remember, uh, he was a priest in in St. George and St. Schmuder Church in Berlin. Famarla Bonantunis can do a very, very nice reflection on the honor of the priesthood. And when actually you look at all the ranks in heaven, 
all of them stand around the throne of God. The only rank that is seated around the throne of God are the 24 presbyters. So God actually is honoring those who consecrated themselves to his service with a unique honor. Standing and seating, just these are symbols. Uh, anyway, standing and seating are just symbolic, but it represents the honor that the priests will receive in, uh, as they partake in the suffering of Christ, they also will partake in the glory of Christ. Then from verse 4, he gives them four instructions. I will go quickly over them. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseer. That's the first instruction. Serving as overseer. Second one, not by compulsion but willingly. Not by compulsion but willingly. Third one, not for dishonest gain but eagerly. Fourth one, nor as being lords over those who entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. So he put four main principles in the ministry. The first principle as overseer. Overseer means seeing from above. And by the way, over or above is epi, like we say, this is epiderm. And seer or seeing is called scope, like microscope, telescope. So overseer is actually episcopus. And episcopus actually is the bishop, because the bishop is the overseer. But also the priests uh, have to be overseer any overseer, to see the needs of the people and provide to their needs, the spiritual needs, the, even if there is physical need or emotional need or uh, any kind of support the people they needed. So a true priest, he is overseeing, looking to his flock, like a shepherd who looks at his flock and provides for all their needs. And we saw this clearly in the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. If the people are hungry for the word of God, he sat with them for days to teach. If they hungry for physical bread, then actually he would provide. If they need emotional or psychological support, like the man who had leprosy, and nobody touched him for so many years because he was unclean ritually. The Lord, when he healed him, touched him. Why he touched him? To give him this support. He felt rejected for so many years, but now the Lord, when he touched him, he told him, no, you are accepted. So we can see the Lord Jesus Christ in his ministry. He was a true overseer. When he saw the flock scattered, no shepherd, 
He spent all night in prayer, as we read in, in Matthew chapter 9 and Matthew chapter 10. And after spending all night in prayer, he called the 12 and sent them to shepherd the people. So we can see here as a true overseer, once he sees something among his flock, he attends to this need immediately. So St. Peter is saying to the priests and to all of us, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you serving as overseer. And he emphasizes this flock is not our flock, it is the flock of God. I'm a steward, and as a steward, I need to serve faithfully and wisely. Second requirement, not by compulsion, but willingly. Not by compulsion, I'm not doing it joyfully. I have to go and visit him. Actually, Malachi actually is one of the books addressed the ministry of the priest. And the same meaning here when St. Peter said, not by compulsion, but willingly. When you go to visit somebody, when you go to pray, when you go to ask about a person in the hospital, when you go to check on a person in prison, when you go to attend to a family problem, do it willingly, not by compulsion, not feeling obligated. The true compulsion here and the true obligation here is the obligation of love toward the flock of God. The third one, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Gain not necessarily materialistic gain, money. The gain can be here for praise, for vainglory, for popularity. So there are different types of dishonest gain. A faithful uh, priest or a clergyman, all the gain should be given to Christ because we are unworthy for this calling. So he, he is saying to us, when actually you serve, don't look for, did the people appreciate me? Did they uh, give thanks to me? Are they grateful to my ministry? Don't look for this gain, but look how to glorify God in your ministry, not for dishonest gain. And why he's called it dishonesty? Because all gain should go to God, not to me, but eagerly, with zeal, motivated, not feeling discouraged, but motivated by the Holy Spirit to go and to shepherd the flock of God. So overseeing, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. The last one, not as being Lord 
over those who entrusted you, but being examples of the flock. If God give you the preeminence among the flock, not to lord it over them, but to be example to them. Big difference. That's why the Lord called us to the ministry of washing the feet. Go and wash the feet of one another as I washed your feet. If I think now I am priest or I'm a bishop, so uh, I am obsessed by control and I want to control everything and to micromanage everything and everything should be under my control, that's what St. Peter warned us against. Don't actually lord it over those who entrusted you. If God put you first among these people, why? To be an example to them, not to lord it over them. Be an example in word, in behavior, in conduct, in purity, in faith, as St. Paul said to Timothy. Uh, many times we forget that if God gave us the preeminence here, he gave it to us to be examples, not to lord it over the people, not to try to control them. And I act like I'm the master and you are the servants. The Lord Jesus Christ, the true master, he said, I will not call you servant, but I will call you friends. I will call you beloved, my brethren. So if the Lord actually called us his friend, his beloved, his brethren, then we need to know that our real ministry is the ministry of washing the feet, not the ministry of lording over the flock. So after the introduction, give them the nature of the ministry to carry the cross of Christ, and then the four instruction, when he told them as overseer, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but uh, eagerly, and not to lord it over the flock, but to be example, then he gives them a motivation, encouragement, promise. What is the promise? And when the chief shepherd, who is the chief shepherd Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, the high priest, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Any crown on earth here will fade away. Kings in any revolution, they are uh, removed. Any crown on earth can be removed. But the crown of glory that we will receive from the chief shepherd in his second coming, uh, it will not fade away. These are, this promise is what will keep us motivated in our service, in spite of the challenges, in spite of the cross, in spite of the suffering, in spite of the affliction. But when we keep our eyes focused on the chief shepherd, our true high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ, following his example, looking forward to the honor and the glory that we receive in his second coming, this will keep us all motivated. Once again, congratulations, Abuna Bakir, congratulations to all of you. 
and Abuna actually will start the great fast from tomorrow, and he will fast tomorrow, and he will not break the fast until the Feast of Resurrection. He will spend 40 days in the monastery. These 40 days, I am sure he will pray for all of you, and also keep him in your prayer, and through the grace of God when he returns, uh, I pray that we will hear uh, every good news about your church here. And here I'd like to also thank uh, his wife Merlin and his children who supported and accepted the ordination. And the family of the priest actually are uh, like the backbone. They, they support the ministry of the priest. So I'd like to thank them for uh, accepting the will of God uh, for the ordination of Abu Nabakir. Uh, may the Lord bless this ordination and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.